Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to No Dunks presented by Sleeper. I'm Tass Mellis. But now is not the time to be sleeping because the NBA season is right around the corner. And with us is a man who has seen many, many basketball seasons. After a very successful career at Northwestern and Kansas, Rex Walters played seven seasons in the NBA. Rex had a 13-year pro career overall, playing with the likes of AI, Tim Hardaway, Kenny Anderson. And since he's been a coach all over in college, G League pros, most recently with the New Orleans Pelicans last season. Heck, we got him before he heads to Pistons camp this morning. Rex, thank you so much for joining us. Tess, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. Uh, the NBA, I can smell it. You know, it's only it's only a few <laughs> weeks away. It feels good. It feels good. Uh, right? Basketball is in the air. I'm sure basketball is always in the air for you. It is. I was up at 5.45 this morning. My son wanted to work out before school, so we got in, got about a good 45 minutes of work, and and uh, took a little nap afterwards, to be honest with you. But now I'm on with you. We're getting ready to talk some hoop. Let's do it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank, thanks for uh, taking the time. Uh, I wanted to start with Zion Williamson. He's in the news a little bit. You were with the Pelicans last year, seeing him up close and personal. And, and I always find it fun to try and figure out what is this guy going to be by the end of his career? Because he's so unique. You know, you've been around the game 30 plus years, You're basically your whole life. Is there anybody who reminds you of Zion Williamson that you've seen? Well, more and more of these guys turn into combinations of the great players that we saw before them. So, so Zion's a, a great combination of a Charles Barkley, Shaquille O'Neal type because at the rim – there's, he's as dominant as you can get, shooting over 60% from the field. He can play through contact, but also he handles the ball. Like Charles was like that, but Charles didn't handle the ball the way Zion does. Zion's truly a point, power forward, small forward, one through four, whatever you want to call him. But it's it, it that's how it's unique because his ball handling, his ability to pass, and, I, and we talked about his ability to score at the rim. And he's only going to get better and better because – uh, as he refines his game, he works on his shooting, he, he becomes more comfortable from three. That just makes it more difficult for guys to guard. So it's going to be really fun to see how he continues to develop his game. Yes, you guys in New Orleans last year, you and Stan gave him the ball a lot. He was handling it a lot on the perimeter. He was sort of the, as you said, the point forward. He was kind of making plays basically in every quarter, especially the fourth, just make it happen. Uh, is there stuff that happened in practice? Uh, like, is there is there stuff that he has in his game that we have yet to see quite yet? Because it just seems like you know he came on the he came on the scene. Yeah, he could finish at the rim, obviously, but now he's handling. Now he's like the point guard essentially. What what else does that man have in his bag? It's really funny as we were going through training camp, and it was a very short training camp. We were only together as a staff for a very short period of time. 
and we were talking about the offense and I'm throwing out ideas. Our whole staff is and Stan keeps saying, hey, I want to see what this kid can do. He had the vision of really point Zion and he wanted to see all he didn't want to just post them up. He didn't want to just isolate them on the wing. He didn't want him just running the floor. He wanted him to get it off the glass and push and attack. So it was really Stan that, that saw it in him. And then we put it out on the floor and it took time to develop, of course. But Stan's whole thing is I want to see what this guy can do because he's special. Uh, and Zion came in every day, was like a sponge, really wanted to get better, wanted to be coached. And so you're just going to see more and more as he gets mm-hmm. more and more comfortable as he gets on the floor. But he, he's truly a unique player. But Stan really got something going. I want to give him the credit because – Everyone wanted to just put him on the block, maybe put him at the elbows, put him on the wing. But but Stan was like, no, 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 no. We're going to see all the things that he can do because he can really handle the basketball, pass it, and then obviously score it at the rim. Uh, now a very different team going into camp uh, for the Pels. Uh, he could be handling the ball even more. No Lonzo there. Obviously, Thomas Sedaransky, Devontae Graham there in the backcourt. Um, what's the next step for Zion? Is, is there something that... We're going to see him add uh, when he gets going here in the in the regular season. Well, it's interesting to see the pieces because you did. We, we lost and, and Zoe was great about playing on the ball and playing off the ball because Zoe's turned himself into a really high level catch and shoot guy. Now you got a yeah. guy like Thomas Sadaransky, who's who's a big guard, a big point guard. Um, you've got, you know, guys that uh, really can surround him better. You have to put, you know, defense and shooting around Zion. That's a really big thing. So Sadaransky is a, a, a nice piece because you can now switch one through four easy, which Zoe was pretty good at, but but Zion's got to buy into that as well. Like we can switch more uh, with him. Uh, and, and like I said, if you can do that and, and what they've tried to do, Valanchunas is a guy that can stretch the floor a little bit more than Steven Adams. Steven Adams, that wasn't what he was doing. I think Steven's been working on it and wants to prove that he can do that maybe in Memphis. But Valanchunas is is a legit three-point threat. So you need now, really, you can go four out, one in. And and Zion's the in, but he can do it taking off from the top of the key, taking off from the wings, bringing the ball up the floor, putting him in pick and roll. Like him and J.J. Redick were great in kind of the reverse pick and roll with Zion handling it and J.J. reading the screening angle, reading when to slip, when to set, you know, figuring out the the pick and roll angle. They're going to have to find someone like that. I, I can see B.I. doing some of that. I think B.I.'s put some weight on, so it's a, it's more of a powerful screen. But he can also slip out, slip to the basket, slip to a pop. Uh, you want to put those type of pieces around him. And then I think you want to see B.I. and Zion take the challenge defensively, which they got better over the course of the season, and that's why our defense got better. Uh, we were 29th early in the season. I think at the second half of the season, I think we were top 10 in the league. I think we got as high as seventh. So if you if they can do that, if Willie Green can figure that out, which he will, you know, it's it's a new team, a lot of new pieces, but defense and shooting. I think those are the two. If you look at the top teams in the playoffs, more times than not, they're in the top 10 in defense, and more time more times than not, they've got really good shooting. Uh, one or one or the other or both. Right. Uh, and I, I, you slipped it in there. You said we, it was like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's part of you. It's part of you, yeah. right? You're not part of the staff this year in New Orleans, but uh, you know, you obviously put the blood, sweat and tears in last year. So you gotta, you gotta feel like it's, it's still, uh, you know, you're still a part of it. Um, why didn't it work out 
for you guys there in New Orleans last year? Uh, you'd have to talk to Griff uh, and Stan about that one. I think that there was a different vision for what we wanted to do as a staff, as opposed to maybe what the front office wanted. Um, you know, Stan is a accountability. He's a high level teacher. He puts together a system. And, and we, like I said, we had about six days to figure out how we're going to play both offensively and defensively. It's not like you had a full off season. He right. was brought in late. The staff was was brought in late. Really, myself and, and Bob Beyer, who's a, a phenomenal coach as well. So at times, I think that maybe Griff felt, hey, I, I want it to be a little bit more fun. I want it to be a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's really fun to me winning. <laughs> winning winning's really fun. And so there was a high level of accountability because when you have a young team like we did, you want to teach them. And, co- and Stan was always talking about let's play winning basketball. That doesn't mean you're always going to win, but there's certain things that equate to winning. Defense, rebounding, and then, you know, shot quality. You know, shots at the rim, shots at the free throw line, catch and shoot threes that are open. So we were always constantly talking and coaching and emphasizing that. And I think Griff wanted to be a little bit more uh, light, a little bit more, you know, fun. But at the end of the day, play that's the, the piano difference. a little bit or something. Or? Yeah, I don't know. I like you know, <laughs> I, 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 Griff has put together a good team, so you know, hopefully they can they can have more of that. But the biggest thing is what we took pride in, and, and I, I'm no longer there. Bob's no longer there. Stanley, we took great pride in the fact that our guys got better. You know, Zion got better. Bi, they all had career years, much better on the line. Everyone that returned. And we did improve over the course of the season. Griff decided to make a change. And, you know, he has the right to do that. And he's the president and he can make those decisions. And and I take pride in the fact that I thought we did a good job and we had put some building blocks together for an organization that can have success going forward. What do you make of the reports that Zion was unhappy with the organization? And that is sort of what precipitated this move towards a, a new coaching staff uh, is is there any truth to zion disliking you know from top to bottom it, it, the reports are that he just didn't like anything it seems like well i'll say this that there is some carryover with the staff so willie's new and, and he brought in a couple new assistants but the rest of the staff pretty much stayed intact i do think that zion understands and knows that for for his legacy he's going to be judged by winning and losing. And, and so they've had two years in a row. We won 30 games. He won 30 games as a, as a rookie. It was a very injury plague season. They held him out. However you want to say it, he was frustrated by that. And then last year we won 31 games and we were really right there. I mean, I think we had 12 games, you know, that we, that were decided in the last minute and, you know, two and three point games that, that we, if, you know, we go 500 in those games and you can look and say if the ifs and buts, but we went half of those games. We're in the play playing game. We're probably at about 36 wins, 37 wins. And, and it's a little different deal when you're in the playoffs. Zion wants to win. He understands his legacy is going to be determined by what kind of success his team has. So he wants to have probably a little bit of continuity. I, I, hopefully Willie will be there for a while. They can build a relationship because your coach and your best player need to be aligned. And I thought Zion uh, understood Stan, uh, liked Stan, uh, was being held to a high standard, which you need. You need to have your best player in line with his head coach, being held accountable, because everyone's going to follow in line. Like when I played in Miami, Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway were our best players. Guess what? They were held the most accountable because they everyone understood that we're going to be – 
uh, riding their coattails. When you look at the great teams of Michael Jordan, he was held at a high standard. So Zion wants to have that, but I think he also wants to have some continuity so he can really build a relationship with the coach, uh, with the coaching staff, which a lot of those guys are back. And, and I think that uh, once they can do that, and again, put the right pieces around, because again, you've had big player turnover as well. Zoe's no longer there. Bled's no longer there. He was only there a year. Steven Adams is no longer there. There's been a lot of movement with the roster as well. And it's a young roster. And he hasn't necessarily had uh, a true veteran. You know, J.J. was probably one that, that he could look to and and see like, hey, this is how it's done. This is how you win in the NBA. Yeah, but he hadn't had a lot of that. So I think he would love to have some of that as well. Yeah, and what stinks uh, for Zion and the team is that Zion's unlikely to play in the preseason now. It was revealed at uh, media day he had a foot injury. Uh, the Pels do a really good job of uh, keeping things under wraps because he he sustained it in August and just before summer league and there was no talk about it at summer league. I know you were you're hanging around summer league. Was the was am I just do I just have a blanket over my eyes? Nobody knew about it, right? The Pel, the Pels did a, a heck of a job, I think, of uh, of not telling anybody. Or or am I uh, am I mistaken? Well, you know, I, I know he finished the season. He had he had some broken hand, like fingers. Yeah. So I, he was getting pounded uh, every time we went to the glass, and you know, we were upset about the lack of calls that he gets because he does initiate a lot of contact, but a foul is a foul. Uh, no, none of us knew. I didn't know about the foot. To be honest with you, I, I don't see the benefit of hiding that. To be honest with you, I, um, I, you know, I, an injury is an injury. You can't do anything about it. But, yes, it, it will affect the plan for Willie, and, and he'll come up with a great plan, I'm sure. And But how you're going to play, how guys can get it. Because just like anything, it's, there's a rhythm to the game, and you don't want your roster or your playing style to be changing over and over again. So they're going to have to adjust without Zion. They're going to have to adjust with Zion. Uh, and, and that is, it's a big change. It's, it's a big difference in roles when, you know, Sadoransky is bringing the ball up every time. That's a lot different than when all, oh, yeah, all of a sudden, no, 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 no. Zion's bringing it up off the glass and after makes. That changes the rhythm of your game, how you play, and also just the reps and the repetition you need defensively to become a good defensive team. You need your best players on the floor as much as possible. So a lot was made of uh, the Pals losing Lonzo Ball because he is, I suppose, a, a really big name. Uh, and, and I've got people here in the stream team and the YouTube uh, comments asking, what about Zoe? What about Zoe? But it, it seems like uh, you like the idea of Thomas Sadoransky being a really large point guard and the fact that they can switch a little bit uh, one through four. Uh, so w what is sort of just your your outlook on, I mean, Zion like buying into that defensive uh, mindset and just the overall changes, as we've said. I mean, we're going to get more Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sadoransky, Devontae Graham, uh, maybe more Kyra Lewis, uh, Trey Murphy, the, the the draft pick, a big shooter, as you said, shooting and defense, that's what they need. So what do you sort of make of, of the outlook? And is, I guess, Zion, um, is that part of his next step, is just buying in uh, part of his next step? Well, he's bought in. I think that that he wants to win. He wants to win at a high level. I think there's some things that he's going to have to. The next step for him is is from the offensive end is perimeter shooting a little bit, adding that to the game, which he does work on. Like Fred Vincent and him, they spend time working on the perimeter shot. They did a great job with his free throw shooting. The next step, and we talked about it before, is going to be buying on the defensive end. So if you switch one through four, he has to guard point guards. 
Okay, and that's not easy. That's the that's the the hardest position to guard when you think about the great point guards like Kyrie. You think about Dame. You think about Luca. Like you have to guard those guys. So that that's a bit. If you're gonna switch, we played him a lot in drops last year uh, because we didn't want to put him in switches. So you know him being out, him not being able to get in the game shape. That's gonna have an effect on their defense and how they're going to play him in pick and rolls, how they're going to play him in pin downs and pin ins when he's guarding skilled fours. So, uh, you know, Zoe was great for, I thought he was a great mix. When we sat in, you know, player personnel, you know, meetings, I was one of the guys that said, Zoe's a great fit for him. He, he's selfless. He's a high level shooter. He's made himself into a high level shooter and he defends and he would take the challenge a lot of, of playing and defending the other team's best offensive player. So uh, it'll be interesting. They, they've added some 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 different pieces. They've got to get Zion healthy. They've got to get him on the floor. And, and I said this, and I'm going to keep saying this, like the, if you want to make the playoffs, the best chance of doing it is becoming a top 10, top five defense. Uh, to do that, you have to have structure, but you also have a buy-in from your players that they're going to sit down and guard and take pride in that. They're going to defend the rim. They're going to defend the paint. They're going to close, contest, contain, and then they're going to box out and rebound. You got to you got to do that over and over again over an 82 game schedule, uh, traveling and all that stuff. But that's that's the commitment you have to make, I believe, defensively to have great success in this league, and that's going to apply to the Pelicans and every other team. Yeah, and you reminded me, Rex, we're back to an 82 game schedule. It, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it because everything is just sort of uh, bonkers. The last couple of years, it it feels like. Uh, you know, sort of back to normal here in terms of an NBA schedule back to, to 82 because last year was 72. And, and, I, and I bring that up because I think a lot is sort of overblown about Zion not being on the floor. There's there's talk about him, especially being in New Orleans. Oh, he's like Anthony Davis. He doesn't he doesn't stay on the floor. Well, a lot was overblown uh, about Anthony Davis uh, not staying on the floor. He he was on the floor a lot. And Zion has been on the floor uh, a lot as well. And just to clarify, he should be back for the regular season. He He'll probably be around uh, in the preseason, although he has sustained that foot injury and had to undergo offseason surgery. He will be uh, back this preseason. And, uh, yeah, there hasn't been – like last year when you were coaching him, other than that uh, injured finger, he was fairly healthy last year. And uh, the the camaraderie, though, the the chemistry is really important. Him and Valanchun is going to be real, real interesting. No Zoe there. Actually, you, brought, you said Zoe. And you played with a Zoe in Alonzo Mourning. I always, I hate calling Alonzo Ball Zoe because it, it just makes me think of Alonzo Mourning. But you seem you you seem cool with it. You, you got no problem doing that. Yeah, I, I know the difference between the two. You know, <laughs> Alonzo with the Heat now is kind of like Pat Riley's personal bodyguard. Nobody's gonna mess with Pat when he walks into an arena, as long as as long as he's with Alonzo. But but yeah, uh, Zoe Zoe was phenomenal for us. I think they've got some really good pieces in Chicago. Uh, you'd like to see how all those pieces are going to work together. They made some moves at the end of last season after the during the trade, uh, right at the trade deadline, and they didn't take a step. So now with DeRozan, now with Zoe, they've added some really good pieces, and and so they're going to be very formidable if they, if they can. Because you know we talked about Zion missing that that hurts. It, it does not having practice time, and I think that that today's NBA doesn't value practice probably as much as as maybe it was in the past when I played, but I do think it has a, a lasting effect when guys get used to playing with each other, guys get used to communicating. We always say defensively communication eliminates confusion. Uh, if they're not you know able to talk to each other, communicate with each other, really, like I said before, protect the rim, protect the paint, close, contain, contest, 
box out and rebound. You have to rep that. And guys have to build trust in each other that, that you're going to have their back and and uh, you're going to really get in and guard the basketball, knowing that you have help. So Zion not being there for the training camp, it does affect it. It does affect that team. You can't just roll the ball out in this league. I, Miami, for, for a lot of years, has been good. And they're a practice team. They, they get after it, you know. And it's probably not as hard as it used to be when I played for Pat, but they still, they get the reps. They build the habits that are winning habits that give you a chance to have success in the league. Yeah, played for Pat. You played uh, the Sixers, played with the Nets. I got to ask, you, you just said you know, practice isn't valued as much as it was back then, but you played with AI. Allen Iverson, he didn't value practice, right? He practiced. That's- hey, Allen practiced. Now, the, the thing was Allen practiced, and then he went out too. Like yeah, at, that, at that age, he did. Um, I think at times, everyone talks about that interview. Like Allen was one of the phenomenal teammates that I had. He really – and he came to practice. Yeah, there's there were days where he was tired. But nobody understands what a marquee face of the league has to go through every day. And he was young, and I'm sure he would say, hey, I I didn't always make the best decisions. But when it was time to play, he played. And that's why that team got to a finals. And, yes, uh, he may not have always practiced the way LB wanted him to, but he, he, I'll tell you what, I'd go to war with that guy any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, and nobody really cares that. MJ went out a heck of a lot as well. I mean, he 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 burned it at both ends. He was able to uh, to to make it happen. I know you played uh, in that era against MJ and had uh, a bunch of great 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 teammates. Heard you on other pods talking about uh, Vernon Maxwell and uh, others like uh, Jerry Stackhouse and AI. Uh, play with a lot of greats. Is, you play with Derek Coleman. Is there any uh, Derek Coleman relation to to Zion? Derek was so skilled. He's not as quite as explosive. Derek had unbelievable hands. He could catch anything. He could shoot threes. Like in today's game, I think Derek probably would have been even more valued because of his ability to pass, handle, shoot, and he could shoot threes. He could post up. Uh, really, really skilled. When he was with Chuck, he played some of his best basketball. And I'll say this. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get drafted by the Nets, but the loss of draws and Petrovic, changed that organization until now, until they got KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Uh, you lose a player like Draws, and that affected Derek, because at that point he knew, like, hey, this thing has changed. Uh, I'm insulting myself because I couldn't feel, fit the shoes of Drazen. but when you lose a guy like Drazen Petrovic, and their big three was pretty good. Kenny Anderson was an all-star, Drazen was an all-star, and Derek was an all-star. You really have a big three that can compete at a high level and really take a jump. And so when they lost Draws, and I think Chuck even knew it, and that's why he left the year after uh, Draws uh, passed away because this was no longer a team that was really going to compete at a high level for potential championships. And that affected Derek, no question. Right, yeah. yeah. I read about Derek Coleman just – uh, yeah, just it changed him. It changed, uh, obviously, as you said, the dynamic of the team that summer. That was when you were drafted, right? They lost draws in that same, yes. that same summer. Yes, that's the reason why I was drafted there, and, and I wasn't happy about it. I mean, I, I was hoping to maybe go to Houston. There's a guy named Hakeem Olajuwon, and <laughs> I could play a little bit of point guard, and they got Sam Cassell, which worked out for, really well for them. But, um, yeah, Drazen Petrick was a, was a scoring assassin like a walking bucket. That really wasn't my game. I was I was a little bit more of a, you know, pass, handle, shoot guy, not really looking to score at as, as the, the level that obviously he could. Uh, I thought I was a combination player of a 2-1, 1-2. Uh, 
Uh, and they needed, they, you know, they missed what Drazen brought because he was just a straight bucket getter, uh, high-level shooter, beloved by his teammates and beloved by New Jersey. Uh, they loved Drazen Petrovic and what he brought. And so that changed that organization for a long, long time. All right. I think uh, now's probably a good time to take a quick break. Uh, after the break, we'll talk this coming NBA season. You mentioned the Bulls. Uh, we've got a huge Bulls guy on this show, and, and Trey Kirby's not with us right right this second. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on the Bulls and a lot of the uh, things going on in the NBA. So stick around. We'll be right back with Rex Walters. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. All right, we're back. Rex, uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to all those ads. I appreciate it. Um, you know, we got we to gotta sell the stuff here. That was a good magic spoon, man. I'm, I'm interested. I want to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sale. Maybe. Uh, I got people interested. That's my job. That's my job over here. Uh, I'm interested in the NBA season, Rex. It's coming. It, it's it's coming very quickly approaching here. What are just your thoughts on uh, any surprises? Maybe people aren't talking about enough uh, coming up. I think it'll be really interesting to see, like, 
as you think about Atlanta, right, they, they had like the yes. innocent rise last year. No, not a lot was expected. They made some really good moves. And again, they put shooting around Trey Young. They put more weapons around Trey Young. They, they did make a in-season move. And Nate McMillan did a great job of, of coaching that team uh, on, a, on an interim basis. Now he's been signed long term. But now there's an expectation with Atlanta. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Are they still going to be a fifth seed? Are, going to, are they going to try to make a move? I don't know how much movement can happen in the Eastern Conference. When you talk about Brooklyn, uh, we'll see what happens with Philadelphia and, and what they're going to be able to do with Ben Simmons in that situation. Can they get equal value? He's an all-star. He's a top 15, top 25 player that had one bad series that really had a – they're still recovering from that, and he's recovering from that. In a, in a city that I played in Philly, like if they don't feel like you're bringing it, which I think Ben Simmons always does, but yeah. the, just just the cloud over Philadelphia. But it'll be interesting to see what in, in Milwaukee, I mean, uh, what they're going to be able to do, uh, you know, is is Brooklyn going to be healthy? Because what a healthy KD, a healthy James Hardy and now Kyrie with with the vaccination stuff going on. Are they going to be able to build the habits or be healthy? when it's really time, when it's, when, when time really counts. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, with all that. Cause last year's the Eastern Conference semifinals was Brooklyn versus Milwaukee. I can't see that happening again. I'd like to think that Brooklyn and Milwaukee will be facing in the Eastern Conference finals. Yeah. Philadelphia is the sort of the quietest one seed um, returning <laughs> here in, in NBA history. It's just, yeah, the fly down the road of the Ben Simmons, obviously the cloud. Will he, uh, show up at any point sure seems like nope that that's not going to happen and, and then yeah you you trickle down the standings there yeah the hawks are uh you know our hometown team our adopted hometown team right now being here the fact that they're just they're going for it, they're absolutely going for it i thought they were sort of going for it a little too early last year with you know making the moves like danilo gallinari coming off the bench that type of thing it just seems like they're one through 13 they had guys that needed to play and they still do uh they 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 are absolutely a a win now team uh but there's so many tough tough eastern conference squads we we just mentioned a bunch of them of the celtics with uh ime udoka coming in should should feel a little bit revitalized i mean they have a really good squad the heat go out and get kyle lowry the eastern conference uh not nothing to mess around with and we, we talked about those bulls they made win now moves. They got obviously Vucevic at the deadline last year. They go get Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso. Um, but I, but I mentioned all these other Eastern Conference teams. What do you see the Bulls uh, season looking like? Are they a, a potential play-in team? Where where do they well, slot I, in? Yeah, if, if they're not a top eight team with that roster, Vucevic, Derozan, they got Lonzo. Caruso brings championship pedigree with the Lakers. Uh, they're in a win now time, you know, and Billy Donovan's a great coach. Uh, Zach Levine is one heck of a player. They have all the pieces. And and so uh, the talent is there and and now they just got to all get on the same page and find a way to play because you've got some really interesting pieces. Zach Levine is a sniper scorer, scores at the rim, can score from three. DeRozan's a great in-between game guy. Vucevic is is your modern-day five-man that can stretch it but also can score in the post. So how are they going to make all of that work? And and that's why I think Zoe's a really good piece for them because he's a guy that's really good about getting off the ball and making making catch-and-shoot threes, and that's really – 
uh, his game right now, but he's a, a willing passer, a high-level passer. Uh, so they've got some great, great pieces. So, But, again, New York's going to be good. The Knicks are going to be really good. They're well-coached. Thibodeau does a phenomenal job. I just There's not a lot of wiggle room in the Eastern no. Conference. And, and for so long, you know, LeBron dominated the Eastern Conference. And now everyone's kind of like, hey, this is a win-now time. We could sneak out and win the East and then have a chance – uh, to go all the way. So it'll be really, really interesting. Some teams may have taken some steps back. I hate to say that, but there's some teams that maybe have taken a step back. But some teams have really decided, hey, we're, we're going all in with our chips and we're going to make a move. Which ones took a step back, in your opinion? <laughs> Got to ask you. Well, yeah, I mean, you lose a guy like Kyle Lowry, Toronto's going to take a step back. I mean, mm -hmm. Nick Nurse is a phenomenal coach. You lose a guy like Kyle Lowry. He was the heart and soul of that team. They lost to Rosen a few years before that because they got Kawhi, but Kawhi left. It's hard to overcome. Serge Ibaka is no longer there. You know, you just can't look. Gasol is no longer there. There's no way that they're going to be able to sustain. It's a player's league, and Nick Nurse is a great coach, but you got to have – I mean, you can run the best players in the world. The ball didn't go in the net at the end of the play. It's not a good play. You know, and they're, they're playing in Toronto now, Rex. They had uh, to play in Tampa last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't that's say like That's like adding a superstar. I'll tell you what, I would have loved to play in Tampa, okay? Tampa's not a bad place to be. Uh, the bottom line is they lost a lot. So I can see them taking a step back, you know, with Karis LeVert, you know, his issues with his back now. What kind of moves are Indiana going to be is going to be able to make? Um you, you, Cleveland's still trying to find themselves as an organization. They, they lost a pretty good player a few years back, and they still haven't recovered. And then you've got Orlando. Some of these teams, you know they're in a, a kind of like a lottery type of mindset. We want to sure. accumulate assets, accumulate draft picks, and then try to make a move at the appropriate time. But but all those teams, and I just watched Detroit, and, and Dwayne Casey does a phenomenal job, and Cade Cunningham is really exciting to watch. But – but this is a star-driven league, and when you talk about Brooklyn, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, New York Knicks, Atlanta Hawks, Miami Heat, Bo you know Boston still has a very good roster. See what happens with their point guard situation because Kemba was a hell of heck, heck of a player. Uh, those teams, I don't think they're going anywhere. They're really fighting for that playoff position. So a lot of teams mm -hmm. are on the outside looking in. Uh, have you spent uh, much time in Toronto? Uh, it's cold. I've, I've been on a few jogs. I've been on a few jogs in Toronto. It's a beautiful city. It's a great place to visit. It's cold. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the cold, although I did, I just moved to Detroit. So what does that tell you? My family wanted to live here, so we're going to deal with it. Yeah. Um, well, you got to talk to, uh, to Dwayne Casey cause he spent so much time in Toronto, Toronto, Tampa, Toronto just crushes. Tampa's a nice place too. The weather is good. The weather is good. It, it's a, uh, it's a nice little a nice little you know spot where you can branch out a lot of places to go from Tampa. You're right on the Gulf Coast there, but I enjoyed my jog in Tampa last year a lot more than <laughs> I ever enjoyed any jog in Toronto. I'll say that much. Yeah, you just went the wrong half of the year in Toronto. Six months, you can't you can't go there. Where this show's originally from Toronto, I'm not sure okay. if you knew, but gotcha. uh, um, yeah, it's it'd be hard to go back. We're in Atlanta now. It'd be hard to go back to the cold, no doubt. I like my jogs down here too. Um, that's for sure. Uh, so uh, you talked about Detroit. Um, one guy that you uh, have a relationship with uh, because you're a developmental coach in Detroit was Reggie Bullock. I'm sort of interested on the, in the Mavs situation because they s surrounded Luca with those kind of guards, like defensive-minded guards uh, who should be able to stroke it. Reggie Bullock is going to the Mavs. They, they didn't do a lot of sort of big-name 
movement over there. They also got Sterling Brown, Frank Nielakina, who who fits the prototype of a, a defensive guard um, that would help Luca. What do you make of of the Mavs you know, surrounding Luca with those types of players? Well, Reggie's Reggie was phenomenal, phenomenal to work with. Really, really smart, highly intelligent, knows his game. Uh, he's a he's a good on ball defender but also a great team defender. He's always in the right spots. And then, yes, he's a high-level shooter. I remember the three he hit against us last year uh, to put the game in the overtime. And right when the ball went to him, I, I knew that ball was going in. So that's a great pickup for Dallas. And, and I, don't, I, I can't sit here and talk about the money and how that has salary cap implications, but he's a good pickup that brings value every single day because of – what he brings, and and we've all we've talked about it. it's the defense and shooting, and he does both of those things at a high level. He doesn't get outside of himself. He knows he's not a great ball handler. Uh, he knows that I'm a catch and shoot guy, or I'm attacking closeout to the pull up or get to the rim. But there's not going to be a lot of stuff on the break. You're not going to pitch ahead, or he's not going to get it off the glass and try to push it up. He knows his game. And he's going to bring value because now all of a sudden, when Luke is coming off those spread high pick and rolls or on those high pick and roll rip plays, you have to always know where Reggie Bullock is and you know you need to get to him. And then on the other end, you know, Dallas needs to get better defensively and Reggie will make that team better defensively because, again, he's always in the right spots. He's good on the basketball. He's a great communicator. And those are things that help teams win more ball games. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens there around Luca. Because yeah, Frank Nielakina, see if he can rehab his career there. Reggie Bullock, as you said, everything that he does defensively around Luca. They've got a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, they, they have they have the parts around uh, Luca to to grow. But Luca's going to have the ball every yeah. second of of every play. Uh, but they are going to try and uh, uh, Jay Kidd has talked about Kristaps Porzingis getting it uh, a lot more since. Since he's taken over there um, in the, the brief week, he's talking up Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps going to shoot from everywhere. So it's like going to be like those two guys. And, you know, it's going to continue to be the players play around them. Uh, but Luca is, you know, makes everybody better, obviously. I, I think uh, that they so. want to diversify their offense a little bit. And you're right. You're 100% right, in my opinion. It's going to be about Luca and, and KP, you know, Porzingis, and, and figuring out ways to use him, figuring out the matchup. Is he a pick-and-pop guy when he's going against more of a drop five, or is he a guy going against the four where now he can post up a little more? And is he willing to work for, a you know, better positioning? And are we going to run more stuff for him as opposed to just running a lot of spread pick and rolls for Luca, which they did, and it was highly efficient. He's a great player, but you may see more diversification with Jay Kidd, uh, you know, running the show. Interesting. Uh, so let's get you out on uh, an NBA Finals prediction. I know you you mentioned you get why not and, <laughs> and, and people people won't hold you to account, Rex. Like no one no one's going to look back and say oh, Rex Walters said that the Hawks were going to make the NBA Finals, you can say whatever you want. If you want to say the Hawks, that's fine. Although you, you mentioned it should be the Bucks and the Nets in the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals. Hard, hard to disagree with that. I know the Hawks are, are, are trying to do some things there. But, yeah, as we said, the East is tough. But who do you see uh, coming out of the East and coming out of the West? And uh, it's... It's you know hard to forget. Like there were a couple teams that snuck in there. I mean, the Bucks were have always been good, but the Suns were able to do that uh, last year. They were able to to sneak in there because of injuries. But maybe this is a season that it kind of goes back to the status quo. Best players get to the to the NBA Finals. But what's 
your opinion? Well, the last two seasons have been crazy. So you, you talk right. about playing in the bubble and all that goes into that. We're, we're in a, you know, right in the middle of the coronavirus. And the last year was nut, probably even nuttier because no fans in the arenas. You travel to places. It's, it's a completely different feel. So now the fans are going to be back in. The games, uh, it'd be interesting to look at the schedule is how compressed are there are they and, and how that's going to affect teams uh you know I, if i had if someone had a gun to my head i would say hey brooklyn's probably going to come out of the east now here's the one caveat it's all about health it, it really is i'm not a i'm not a load management guy but you got to figure out a way to keep those three guys we talk about kd harden and Kyrie on the floor somehow keep those guys healthy and if that happens there's not a better roster on the eastern side. When you look at the west, you know, Phoenix got in, and and it's going to be a big kind of very – it was an innocent rise by Phoenix as well. They, they added a really big piece, and all of a sudden everyone gets better when CP3 is on the floor. He just knows how to win. Saying that, every team that they faced up until Milwaukee was missing a major piece to their organ – to that team, whether it was the Clippers, whether it was the Lakers. Like, they, they were missing pieces – well, in yeah. their in their journey to the finals, so they have some things to prove. Uh, you look at the big three of the Lakers when you talk about two MVP guys and LeBron and Russell Westbrook, and then Anthony Davis, who's a top ten, top fifteen player when he's healthy. Uh, if you had to put a gun to my head, I would say, hey, the Lakers are coming out. It's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers. They were the number one defense last year, and they had defensive yeah. guys. But they didn't shoot the ball as well. And we know LeBron likes shooting so because he plays a lot. I mean, Luka plays a lot like LeBron, I should say, where he's trying mm-hmm. to pick apart your defense. But defensively, they may take a step back. And, and Frank Vogel does a phenomenal job defensively. But I'll say this. Great defenses start with great defensive players. And they've maybe taken a step back because they wanted to add more shooting. So that'll be really interesting to see how that how that all works out for them, and then can they keep their big three healthy? That, that, that's going to be a big thing for them. I know it's it's hard to you see those names on on the Lakers, and, and even though they got a heck of a lot older, it's hard to just say that that team's not going to be great because because <laughs> yeah, they they would have been incredible in two thousand nine um, with all the talent that they have, but yeah, dropping uh, some guys. Like uh, yeah, your your centers and Marcus Gasol and Andre Drummond and, and and Wesley Matthews and then down the line like Dennis Schroeder and Kyle Kuzma. The last two years, an incredible defense. As soon as LeBron got there, he he got everybody in the right position. Like you mentioned about CP3 and Phoenix, LeBron somehow just gets in there and everybody falls in line. But will the replacements of Westbrook? And Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard and Melo, DeAndre Jordan and Trevor Reza and Wayne Ellington and Kent Bazemore. Are those guys going to be able to do it? Because they are just simply old. Uh, but uh, maybe they can. By, by far the oldest team in the in the league, Rex. 30.9 years of age. I saw that the other day. And, and then the next team are the Heat uh, at 28. So... But uh, I think the biggest thing, yeah, the biggest thing too is you lose a guy like Caruso, defensive minded, can shoot the basketball. You lose a guy like KCP, who is a high level defender. You lose a guy like, you know, Montrez Harris. You lose those guys, your defense. I hate to say it, but it's true. It's going to take a step back because the first part of defense is guarding the ball, and those guys guard the ball. So it'll be really interesting how their defense adjusts to these new pieces because the shooting has gotten better. They, they, they add some pieces that can really shoot the basketball. So 
that's going to be the big question with the Lakers is how they're going to defend with not the same level of defensive players. And they lose a pick and pop five in Gasol. You know, mm-hmm. he, he may not be a great rim protector, but this guy was a former defensive player of the year. So those are pieces that are going to affect your team and your defense. But you still see them coming together just because they've the coaching and the and heck, it's LeBron and A.D., uh, and and Westbrook. I mean, Westbrook right. willed Washington into the playoffs last year. Him and Bradley Beal willed that uh, they willed their se- themselves to the playoffs. Like Russell Westbrook is different. He is he is a maniacal competitor. He is a he is a one man fast break. And so you know, you put some shooting around him as well. He gets it off the glass. You've got a chance for a layup. LeBron gets it off the glass. You have a chance at the layup. You got AD running the floor at a high level, like. Those are pieces, like easy buckets you get with guys like that. Yeah, LeBron's going to love playing with Westbrook because LeBron can do some chilling. You know, Westbrook is going to handle it all the time. As you said, pay, take it off the glass. It's gonna love, LeBron's going to love the regular season. And then when it comes to the playoffs, the key's back in his hands probably. That's, uh, that's how LeBron does it. Um, I want to thank you, Rex, for, for coming on. Best of luck to your son. You mentioned him off the top. Gunnar Walters going into senior year of high school, right? Yeah, senior year of high school. He's a good player. He shot the he shot the heck out of it today, this morning. So he's got practice tonight. And you know, I gotta watch go watch a football game. My other son's playing football. And so uh this has been it's been a fun time for me. And I'll, I'll watch a lot of basketball along the way. So thank you for having me. It's always fun for me to talk basketball. It's the one thing I can actually semi-intelligently talk about. So thanks for having me talk. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm totally with you. That's the only thing I can intelligently talk about as well. So uh, best of luck to you. Best of luck to Gunner. He's a lefty just like Pops, right? He's a lefty shooter, but he's a Gunner, but he's he's a pass-first guy. I'm trying to get him to be a little more selfish. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good problem to have. All right, Rex, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, have a great NBA season. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. All right, that was a lot of fun talking to Rex. I uh, wanted to make sure you guys know what's coming up here on the show we've got the top 10 unlikeliest nba champions coming up the basketball shows are starting we just did monday we discussed the 25 players who should be locks uh, when the nba names their top 75 players in october it's only a couple weeks away so skeets put that list together go check that out um oh yeah the basketball shows are starting but we also have fast friends hobbs and shaw what? Yeah, that's happening. That review dropping tomorrow on Thursday morning, or you can access it right now on the Athletic app or by subscribing to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. And another non-basketball-y, got to remind you of this one. We're talking Survivor. I'm getting into it too. No Buffs live on YouTube, 5.30 Eastern on Thursday. And I mention that because it's on the No Buffs feed. You have to get it on the No Buffs feed. It's no longer on the No Dunks feed. The link is in the show notes here on YouTube, and it'll also be as a pod, uh, as a podcast, which is also on a brand new feed. So go get No Buffs separately from No Dunks. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, as Rex told us about Allen Iverson, the guy practiced. Can you believe it? He did.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.